0: Hey everyone, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 571, being recorded Thursday, January 16th, 2020. Now we've got a big show for you. We missed a couple episodes over the holidays, and uh, I wasn't uh, here to do a normal show last week, so Sebastian and Josh did a mini-show, uh, the Lost Episode 570, which were, took us a while to get that sorted out, so we're uh, we're going to get that uploaded, though, for you uh, here shortly. The,
1: the fireside chat.
0: It is it. the fireside chat. Uh, so this is so that was five seventy. This is five seventy one, and uh, and we're back. And because of the delay since our last major show, we've got a lot to talk about. So we're just going to jump into it. Uh, you can you, find you all. Sure you the...
2: don't want to like talk about our Patreon because it'd be awesome if we can get some more of that rolling in.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, so we do have a Patreon campaign at Patreon dot slash PC And uh, the the little gimmick we have there is if you. Uh, become a new patron during the show or if you update your pledge uh, if you're already a patron if you increase your pledge uh, you can ch- change your name before you make the change or become a uh, patron and uh, i'll read whatever you put in that name field because i'll get an email here and i'll read it out and we've established that there are no rules um so yeah. just go for it go for it and uh i've got nothing else. So, to so if lose. you do
2: have a ten dollar or more patreon per month. I'll I'll do a private whisper sweet nothings in your ear message just for you personalized.
1: Okay, so is that wait, for you first? So, if, so we provide well, you with a threat. phone number you'll call. Will you leave me a voicemail in your No, I'll probably voice? just do a
2: recording and then we can, you know, email it to him. Oh. Okay. Keep it keep okay. it a level of person, you know, impersonal.
0: No, we, I want to you a
1: link to my Google Drive containing a generic <laughs> message just for you Uh, just for you we
0: we've got uh, a couple patrons already who are very generous and i think are over that amount so is this is this for new members only or existing members can apply what's the deal here josh
3: it's josh likes any members josh please
1: retroactively send them your naughtiest messages (laughs) and then watch that watch that donation go away watch it just yeah evaporate. Well then
3: just keep sending them until they start donating again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, yeah. we've already we've already got one here. White Zero just became a patron. So thank you very much, White Zero. No message unless White Zero means something that I'm not familiar with. But um White Zero way, I,
1: here's a great analogy, uh if that's the right word, because my brain is fried. Uh, paperboy the NES game paperboy you know how you have to go through and you throw the newspapers and if you break the subscribers windows they'll get mad at you and if you do it too much they don't subscribe anymore the mm-hmm. only way to get people to to subscribe who aren't subscribers if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong is to break their windows right mm-hmm. maybe so, they don't yeah I mean so maybe jo- what Josh was saying was maybe the message will turn them off and they'll stop subscribing but if he keeps sending them Jeremy was saying, keep sending the messages. Why don't we just yeah. send the messages out, like blanket, send them out to just, oh, wait, that's called spam. Never mind. If you want this yeah. to stop, please send us $10. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes. Um, so, sorry, um, but segue.
0: Yeah, well, let's uh, let's get going, because as Josh mentioned, yeah, he has to work tonight because he's a poor <sighs> bastard. So uh, he, he's going to have to hop off the call early. So let's jump into the big story of the week Let's do it. so we can get history back there and of course that is uh, the long-awaited old news to some but if you haven't seen it it's new to you Ryzen right. nine 3950x review as a uh, 2020 kind of, edition yeah the 2020, 2020
1: edition. Yeah. yeah i mean it's, t- 2019 yeah maybe we knew about this since e3 2019 which was like the beginning of june last year and maybe everybody else had their reviews up on november 14 of last year what about January 15 of this year? I don't know if anybody That's else was releasing a Ryzen 9 x review yesterday.
0: I, I uh, doubt it. I would say that we have an exclusive on this, but. Yeah, exactly. But it's uh, a new
1: perspective, get it, perspective.
0: Yes, uh, well let's, let's yeah. take a look, uh, because you know, the one thing I, I, I think we, we need to reinforce is when, when Sebastian does a review, when PC publishes processor reviews, we update everything. Like these are not using old numbers. These are all new tests run on the latest drivers, the latest security mitigations, um, the you know the latest patches and all that. Well, I mean, and,
1: as of you know whatever date, but yeah.
0: Well, right. All I mean, the, the latest as of the yeah. day the tests were done, but the not. The Ryzen not... nine
1: stuff was tested and then thrown out and then retested, and then literally that the retest. Like when I re- I did Ryzen 9 3900X, hundred X. I had those numbers from the. 10980 XE review. Mm-hmm. And then, so this was basically supposed to be 1098 10980 XE 0.2 or 0. 0.1 because that review clearly needed to have the 3950X in it. I didn't have one. We couldn't add it. It was very depressing to release that review back in November when I didn't have this Ryzen 9 part. And then between then and now, uh, At least two. code changes. I believe because we, we went to one dot 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 four and then one dot dot four b. Yeah. So anyway, with the latest BIOS update for Ryzen, I re retested the thirty nine hundred X for this review. And by re retested, I mean I tested it again just for this review, and then threw all those results out and re retested it again because of some BIOS weirdness I detected where I was looking at results and they were so off from what they had been before. And I'm like, this isn't just a code update.
0: Right, but my, my no. point without going too far, it's just that, that when you see our reviews, we're, we're using the latest, you know, within reason, the latest uh, methodology, the latest updates, because there are some, some outlets where I was reading their reviews and they were citing results. And I went back and checked the same results from like a year ago. And those are meaningless because of security mitigations, Windows updates, driver updates. It's almost meaningless to use results like that these days because there's so many changes like pretty much on a monthly basis. So make sure that whatever review you're reading is using the latest information uh, as we do here.
1: It's a gimmick. I mean, it's our gimmick. Our gimmick is that we retest stuff all the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. It works for us. It's incredibly painful to retest everything every month or two, but. Yeah. Uh anyway, yeah, if if you're somehow not familiar with the Ryzen 9 3950X, or if you need a refresher, it's the 16-core Ryzen 9 processor. So there was already a 12-core, the 3900X. This is the 16-core. So both of those chiplets on there, there are two of them, have all eight cores enabled. And not only that, they've been very, very specially bent. They've been cherry-picked to run it up to 4.7 gigahertz for a single-core burst like boosts clock. So, and, but overall a little bit lower, like 3.5 gigahertz versus 3.8 with the Ryzen 9 3900 X, which you'd expect, Josh, isn't it reasonable to expect that clocks would actually go down the more and more cores you have coexisting in a tiny space like that
2: in, in theory, but, um, we don't know the bins that they're using, you know, really. So, you're gonna put more stuff in in, in a substrate, and more chips, and more transistors that are active. Yes, uh, in theory, your 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 clock speeds are supposed to go down, but um, there's enough tricks and things that they've done that it doesn't uh, you know it it doesn't scale linearly down like that. It's kind I of wish interesting.
1: I wish everything scaled linearly, but it doesn't. Yeah. But you know what? If you look at Cinebench. Everyone's favorite AMD benchmark, it does scale linearly. And If you look, even the 18-core behemoth, the i 9 10900 you'd think that with that core advantage that you'd have better performance from Intel. And that actually turned out really not to be the case, at least with the benchmarks I chose to use. So uh, 3950X, even with only 16 cores, comes out on top, much better single-core performance a better overall multi-core performance, just higher clocks. It's gotta be higher clocks. And just in any of the CPU tests, you would imagine, of course, the 3950X has four cores and eight threads on that 3900X. So if you're just comparing those two Ryzen 9 processors, you're getting a lot better performance, of course, from the one with more cores. But what was interesting to me is that it pretty consistently, like I said, was beating the thousand dollar core i9 so the job amd is a processor that you can actually now finally start buying at msrp it's been it's come down and it's it's starting to have a little did you expect
2: them to actually have reasonable stock at msrp anytime soon no no (laughs) i've been on this
1: podcast complaining endlessly about it. And we talked about it being the skinniest bin. This is a joke. How can they, why would they have to go with a higher clock speed too? And this is ridiculous. And now it's and like, suddenly oh, the markets just yeah. got, yeah, man, yeah, you can buy like one. I, I was getting re- eBay recommendations. Cause of course I did a lot of searches for this when it wasn't available. And so I get all these alerts like, Oh, you might like this. And it's like seven ninety nine. 99 buy it now. Really? There's only a $50 markup on eBay. Now that's when, you know, it's become, Mainstream. Street. It when, yeah, it, that doesn't even cover the eBay fees. So that they're selling that at a loss at this point.
2: Yeah, I was, I was not expecting that at all from AMD. I, I thought that it was just going to be trickle out. There'd be a couple that'd be available, and they'd be quickly snatched up, and and they'd just kind of keep it out there on the uh, promise, and and then we'd have Zen three, and and they would be swept underneath the rug. But no, this is this is kind of their version of the ninety five ninety. Yeah, just got many of them out there but you know how many people don't, buy a $750 hey, don't, processor
1: don't compare this to the 9590 that's not fair come on that was not a good part no uh, um but hey one thing that I was looking forward to testing with this CPU was gaming because I thought okay this is those higher single core clocks but then there's the lower uh base clock speed so h- what's the relationship there and I did testing at 1080p, which I had been doing. I I redid all these tests because I wanted 1080p high. I'd been using 1080 Ultra. Thinking, let's put a little bit more on the CPU than the GPU. Lower the settings down a little bit. And in the first test, Far Cry 5, which is a DirectX 11 test, within within the margin of error and any three benchmarks I ran, because I ended up having to run this like nine times, because it would literally, one of them would, one set of benchmarks would go to 3,900 X. And then the next set would go to the 3,950 X. So then I did it again just to see if it swung back the other way. And I ended up with 130.7 FPS for the 3,950 X and 130.3 for the 3,900 X, which tells you absolutely nothing. They're tied. It So there's no difference. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, is, is somehow even at 1080 high, R-Cry 5 is completely GPU bound on an RTX 2080. So I made the decision with all these benchmarks to go back and rebenchmark them at 1280 by 720. So 720p, which is insane. And if you read the comments, at least one person was vocal about, that's so unrealistic. Why would you play games at 720p with a $750 processor? It's funny because I think it was that last CPU review where I would, somebody complained that, Testing at 1080 is still too GPU bound. You need to be testing at 720 or lower to really see the difference.
3: 40 by CPUs. 480 or go home, mate. But that I would do be, one let's by let's one. Be clear, clear, if I
0: could. As as you are alluding to and in, in indicating, let's just clear because we did get a couple questions, including on Twitter, about this. When you're testing a CPU, you test well in, well, one way to look at CPU testing is to test at a very low resolution so that you eliminate the GPU bottleneck. You're kind of right. looking at the CPU. What can the CPU do in terms of raw baseline performance? Now that is valid in giving you that information. You can also argue that that's ridiculous because no one will game at that. So you should just do it at a higher, uh, higher resolution, like a you know 1440, 4K, something more realistic, and let the GPU bottleneck well, play line out. down. Yeah,
1: because you won't see a it, difference. Right,
0: right. And that's it, that's it, and even at
1: 1440. You're literally not going to see any difference at all. Because I, I, here's, here's a little secret. I actually tested all of these internally. So I have the numbers at, 12, uh, at uh, 1440p, 1080p, ultra, 1080p high, and 720p high. So all of these, and I tested more games than I released because I didn't have all the numbers completely right for Civilization VI, Gathering Storm. But if we go into the results here, Metro Exodus, another, this is the DirectX 12. Again, no difference. Like, there's a difference between the Intel processor and the Ryzen 9 at the top. Like the Core i9-9900KS, that's fast in gaming. And in fact, you'll see it even more in some of the other tests, but it really is still a faster processor for gaming. So if all you're doing is gaming, I will begrudgingly hand this to Intel. They consistently had higher performance with the 9900KS, but that's a 5 gigahertz processor it was best case scenario for intel the $1000 10980xe that was consistently the worst performer with the same graphics card with the same memory speed everything else being the same at least you know i i, I the one caveat to this is that i ran everything at its official Memory speed. So the Ryzen nine processors, if you look in this the system setup, it's 3200 memory. And if if you look at the Intel processors, it's like 2933 or whatever the actual Intel processor technically like natively supported whatever the max frequency was. So no no overclocking the memory, no XMP stuff. Just literally like oh it supports 3200. Well I'm running it at 3200. I manually set it that way. So that's the only possible advantage Ryzen would have over that 10980XE but that's still 2933 memory it's not slow going from metro exodus at 1080 where it was literally tied like 101.7 versus 101.5 the ryzen 9 showed a little bit of a gap if you move down to 720 that's why i did it just to see hey will there be a difference and yeah it was like three and a half frames per second in favor of the 3900x and actually this was pretty consistent i reran a bunch of tests because i didn't believe it at first but Sure enough, I'm guessing it's the more multi-thread optimized games. The games that could take advantage of more than one core uh, consistently, it went to the 3900X because it has a higher base clock speed. So that's something to think about. Don't think you're going to buy the 3950X. And because it says up to 4.7 gigahertz on the box, you're consistently getting higher frequencies because the 12 core, in theory, could be running a little bit higher all core consistently if you're if you're not overclocking but the rest of the stuff is just academic like the most ridiculous test of all is world of tanks encore at the medium preset which turns everything way down at 1280 by 720 and we're talking you know the i9 9900ks averaging 421.3 frames per second this is just ridiculous so now any tiny Advantage that one CPU might have over the other is gets amplified. So we saw the 3950X on top in that one with 387.9 in this extremely valid test. But one thing I mentioned uh, rather sarcastically in the comments to the one uh, complainant, complainant, I don't know if that's the right word, was really who would buy all these processors themselves and then just run benchmarks on them and then make charts of those benchmarks bench, like reviewing processors is not a realistic use case. So you could argue, I guess both sides. Uh, I will quickly mention power consumption though, because we talked about the binning this thing and the power consumption tests were run using Cinebench, uh, the all core tests at a R20. And even with all cores at 100%, the peak uh, power consumption that I measured from the wall was 13 watts lower. And this is consistent for the 3950X with its 16 cores, which total system, including the RTX 2080 and an SSD and 32 gigs of RAM with an 80 plus gold rated power supply, still only pulled 201 watts total from the wall under full 100% load on 16 cores where the 3900X with its 12 cores pulled 214 watts from the wall. And then if we look at that 1098 xe that system, everything else the same, 295 watts from the wall. So these are still sipping power compared to what we see from Intel, even Intel at lower clock speeds with the high-end desktop stuff. And now, the, ten, a, the uh, Go ahead. What a change. Yeah. And look at the 9900KS. Like, yeah, it's better in gaming, but it takes like 80. Damn near 100 watts more. 8 watts. Yeah. yeah, 88 watts. Because it's really just a pre-overclocked processor.
2: So I wonder what the 7700K would look like. I don't know. Not
1: great. I'm going to make you test it. It does pull (laughs) less than the 9900. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Finally, price per core. I made a little chart. Just, just to show you, based on launch price, how much these processors cost per core, and the Ryzen 9 3900X is the best value of this group, and it's $41.58 per core if you buy it for $500, and the 3950X is about a $5.20 premium over that. It's $46.81, but still, I mean, I was impressed. Just I hadn't figured this out before. Like I knew that it was a little bit cheaper per core to buy the 3900, but 3950X... Five dollar premium per core, and you're getting a hyperbend, sixteen core monster. So I really it changed my mind. Just doing this review changed my mind about it. I thought it was maybe a little overpriced when it was announced at seven forty nine. No, not really. I mean, this is higher performance in multi threaded applications than even an eighteen core Intel thousand dollar high end desktop part, and it's it's two hundred and fifty dollars less than the Intel part, and it's two hundred and fifty dollars more than the other Ryzen nine, but there's just nothing else like it. There's no other desktop class processor with anywhere near this core count. And it's just kind of staggering that this even exists to buy.
0: And kind of on that price per core point, I, I wanted to say, too, a few episodes ago, um, we, we got some f- negative feedback because at one point uh, we said something like, you know, the, the AMD side's getting expensive. And I just want to clarify on that. We weren't talking in terms of like value or price to performance. We were just, I know, I think it was Josh and I talking about a point. And the point was basically two years ago, the top end AMD processor was $1,000. A year ago, it was $2,000. Now it's $4,000. So we're just we saying, okay, well, but you do get a lot of performance for that money. And it certainly beats what Intel has at that price to performance ratio. We were just pointing out. That yeah, I mean, there there that first gen Threadripper, that 1950x was amazing. It was like, oh, all these cores a thousand dollars. It's incredible, and and just to see that the, the best is is getting is getting more expensive. Which you know, if you're an AMD fan, is you should be to a certain degree happy about because that's the company being more financially healthy, taking advantage of this lead they have, yeah. uh, while they can before Intel can catch up. So, but it's totally it's different
3: argument than on the GPU side.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk. They're, about they're that.
3: very
1: disconnected right now. Yeah. Yes. ATI versus AMD. You know. Two different companies.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Um. Any other thoughts on on the 3950x? What'd you do with the other one you bought? Well, Just throw in the
2: fire.
1: Yeah. It, right. It's, it's here. <laughs> uh, we have them. And I. I ver. I validated. The claims of the website that said it was guaranteed to run at 4.1 gigahertz all cores. So I I did that. It does. Nice. Without oh, nice. changing the voltage. That's nice. We could throw up some more. Yeah, i just
3: waiting for a 570 with, with two uh, chips, aren't you? You want two sockets?
1: Nice m-
0: multi-socket support. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but we'll but all
1: the threads. ECS will will release one with racing stripes at Computex. Yeah. The dual or EVGA.
0: Yeah, well They'll yeah, BBGA like Team Red. It. Yeah. Oh so. yeah, in
1: a big way. They'll have a new black edition. It'll be the mm-hmm. X575X2 chipset.
0: Nah. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, check anymore. out that review, uh, the, the full 3950X review, and and all the charts we talked about are over at PCPer. So uh, so go check that out, and uh, we'll be having more of the belated reviews with the Threadripper 3960 and 3970. Um, yes
1: thank you i yes thank you jim
0: yeah Uh, well Well, thanks to uh kellen uh who uh found one for us at micro center and was able to send it to us so um uh, support from the whole the whole team the whole community here to get us those processors uh so that well yeah initially
1: and then of course a lovely package showed up last week that was sent to me from CES I was I was going back and forth with AMD for the last couple of months and finally I just got a note back saying good news from CES like really and I was expecting a 3950x finally and I got this package and uh opened it up like this is a little too heavy for just a 3950x and sure enough there was a 3960x in there too so we're wow. totally hooked up now. We've got the thirty nine fifty X, thirty nine sixty X, thirty nine seventy X. We're not on AMD's S list. You know, they sampled us, it just took a while. Yeah. But hey. And we're uh, back.
0: Just to address some of the comments, uh we we don't we don't have a thirty nine ninety X just yet, but we'll get one one way or another. Do they? Yeah. I don't know. Right. I haven't I haven't heard, but I don't know. Once,
1: I, I I feel like there'll be a few really elite people sampled that one, but I don't know if we're elite enough.
2: Yeah, it's a $4,000 processor, so... Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you know, uh, I already got Amex to up our credit limit on the company credit card, oh, so no. we'll get one. No, no no, we'll no, get no, one. no, no,
1: no. No. Okay. No, that's
0: okay. We we run up the charges, and then we declare bankruptcy, and it's all fine. Oh, all right,
1: cool. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, that's yeah. fine. It'll be it's a foolproof plan. Um, Yeah, anyway, Probably let's... True, even. Let's continue talking about some news. Now, this is a bit of an older story. This came out at CES, but I don't think we we've talked about this quite yet. But it's it's kind of a big story. It's uh, uh, updates to the GeForce uh, drivers to add a max frame rate option. So, why is this a big deal, guys?
1: Do you like VSync? Do you like sure. do you added feel- latency to your gaming experience? Yeah. Do you feel dirty enabling it? I do. I don't ever admit yeah. to it. As
3: do I. Uh, even with uh, Oh, what was that last one? Uh, rage where even that didn't help you tear. So what they've done <laughs> with the relatively latest game ready driver is introduce a bunch of features. And as you said, the most interesting one has to be max frame rate. And by popping into your 3d settings, you can set a max frame rate, which uh, from a couple of the reviews it needs a little bit of improvement. For instance. It was off by, you know, a a, a chunk of a percent, not a full percent, but they were finding by limiting it to 62 frames, they were getting a solid 60 uh, in some of the websites that tested this. And by that, I mean a solid 60, almost as good as VSync, which limits it completely, but does some bad things in the background uh, for you. If you're enjoy your, your Twitch games. The other thing is that, if you've got a monitor which can go up higher and you've got a GPU that can drive it, you don't, you're not limited to 60 frames per second, like VSync or 30 frames. If you really want to screw around, you can pick whatever you want. And if you can match your game's performance to your monitor and set your monitor to the same refresh rate, away you go. it it apparently looks utterly gorgeous. We've been begging them for years. Uh, to sort of introduce this at the driver level, and it, it, this is the first time we've actually seen it, and it it really works. It I'm sure that uh, we need to test. It. I mean, my 1080 isn't going to really do too well on it, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to take a look at this and see how well it does, especially on a, a nice G-Sync or FreeSync monitor, where you, you're actually trying to aim for certain on a slider scale, whereof you know what, I can play this at 82 frames and it's pretty solid, so let's just lock it there and away I go. It's kind of nice.
0: And there was also uh, another feature for variable rate shading uh, for use use of uh, making your pixels work better in a VR setting, applying the the resolution to where you're likely looking rather than the, uh, the the whole image, right?
3: I'd love to see the algorithm they're doing for that because human eyes are freaking weird, man.
0: Yeah, and I, I never, even the whole VR in general. Like I never, I can never focus on anything anyway. So, interesting. We'll see how that works. But that's yeah, that's in the uh, the latest uh, game ready driver. It's uh, four four one point eight seven. So check that out and uh, check out the feature there again. You can uh, change that max frame rate uh, setting in the uh, NVIDIA Control Panel app. Um, Okay, and then another story here on uh, uh, Firefox. Again, this is, uh, I think, a week old now, but just in case you missed the notice, update Firefox if you haven't done it yet. Uh, Yeah, stop ignoring that little nag
1: up there when Firefox opens and it says that you're not running the latest version. Mm -hmm. Don't be like me and say, not now. It's unimportant. You should probably update it.
0: Yeah, so we've got 72.0.1 is the, uh, the safe version that gets rid of that, uh, that vulnerability. At 11, oh, there was Unless one major really one. really like getting rickrolled
3: or having your machine taken over.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, yeah, just check that out. Make sure you update if you're using Firefox. All right, so, yeah, again, I'm sorry. We have a lot of stories here we're trying to get through. Uh, big update or big news from Corsair at CES. We wrote about it at the site last week. Uh, but in case you haven't heard, they've got some new coolers out. Uh so they've got yes, a new yes. line of their you know they're they're known for their all-in-one coolers, of course. They've got a new line there, the Pro XT uh liquid cooler. It's a uh what was it, a 360. Um or no, they've got different, yeah. Let's see. One is yes. 240, 280, and
1: 360. Yeah, okay. 240,
0: 280 and 360. Okay. And those are priced between 120 and 160 dollars. Yeah. Uh, MSRP. drop-in
1: replacements for the existing. So no, no price increase or anything, just some uh some new features i actually have one of the new ones and i think i have a 280 i need to get to that so we'll see if there's any kind of performance improvement from the last series
0: okay yeah and uh, uh the more interesting i think uh thing from corsair is that they introduced their first air cooler uh, in a while in 10 uh, years I guess that's true okay yeah they used to have but uh yeah they're
1: they, a50 and
2: which i still yeah, the, got they, running
1: it's a great cooler I think the a 70 was the last one. And that I had to look at our news story for that, which was, yeah, it was like almost 10 years ago, 2010 CES, I think, but it's, uh, this is big. This is along the lines of, we always use that as an, as an example, the Noctua, like the NHD 15, but it's not a dual tower cooler. It's one big tower with a fan on each side. And even though it kind of looks like it in this photo, there is no, uh, lighting. It's just reflecting the lighting inside the case. This is a plain, kind of like no-nonsense fans and a big, big heat sink. And this thing, it weighs, I think you figured it out, it was 3.2 pounds. This is not light. It's 1,460 grams, 169 millimeters tall. So it's a Noctua D15, it's it's 1,320 grams. this This is 140 grams heavier than a D15, so... We will see what the performance is like. I have one of these as well. And oh, look at that pr- pr- pre applied thermal paste.
0: Look at that. Oh, look yeah. Look at that pattern. Nice.
1: Which I said in the, the news post, it puts okay, my That is kind of sexy. Five dot thermal paste application pattern to shame.
0: Yeah, Corsair always, because they, they have a pre applied thermal paste on their yeah, uh, all in one water coolers too. And it's usually a nice, very clean, smooth layer. Um that works well. But uh this will be good for Maury's motherboard reviews, right? You know, the oversized yeah. crazy power supply or power Although, supply CPU cooler. Yeah.
1: One of the cool things about this though, which kind of it kind of uh negates what what Maury does is he takes a D15 or a dc yeah. And he just showcases how incredibly large and ungangly that thing is. And does it interfere with VRMs, like the heat sinks, that sort of thing? This one, the fan on each side is on this ratcheting. A uh, system where you just raise and lower the fan in its slider and then lock it into place. So you can just move it out of the way of tall memory and then lock it without having to reattach the fan, which sounds awesome. That's the thing I'm most excited
0: about with this design. I'd and like to test that. Let's see, what was the price on this again? 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Yep. Very nice. Okay. And yeah, so we'll look forward to reviews uh, or at least uh, some. Hands-on experience uh, with these from Sebastian.
1: Yeah, we'll so, just do a video yeah, where I just raise yeah. and lower the fans, and we'll list, it, it'll it's be a, a uh, two-person lift mounting Yeah, yeah.
3: Two-person lift. i half systems. kilos.
2: Fly
1: Maury up there with his, and uh, you know, compare and contrast. Yeah, Maury can stand here yeah. with me. Like Maury, you lift that fan, and I'll lift this fan, and then we'll put some really tall RAM in there.
2: Well, he always has that huge uh, heatsink that he takes all the pictures with with his motherboard. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. he needs to bring that on. Uh, hopefully, TSA will allow him to.
1: You know,
0: hey, we're gonna you know, be our our credit's gonna be maxed out on Threadripper processors. He's, he's yeah. gonna be Greyhounding <laughs> TSA, come on,
1: Maury, we love you, and if you pay your own way, I'll even let you be on our own show.
0: Yeah, hey, I, yeah. If he wants to pay his own way, he can do whatever he wants. But uh, we'll yeah, bring him up. But he's, yeah. he's 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 yeah. busting it. He's busting it.
3: I'll help. Um, you back, I'll I got put one him one up. Those giant Noctua Threadripper air coolers as well. Mm. Oh,
0: well, hey, well, I, I Mega Bus—they'll they, go to Vancouver, right? God, I don't know. <laughs> um, Mega Bus. Yeah, it was that uh, UK bus line that opened up? At least uh, are they still in business here? They they opened up in the states for a while. Mm. They're like the—they're the, oh, the Ryanair of buses, basically. Yeah. Well, I,
2: I was thinking with a name like Mega Bus, wasn't that like that uh, late seventies uh, TV show about the the giant super fast bus that you remember that?
0: i don't think i, I think of airwolf because that, that was a no
2: no it's it's uh <laughs> I'll, I'll find it but yeah it's a giant bus, bus that mega bus i'm looking
0: it up i i missed that well if if we can low find from one dollar mm-hmm. it's you can
1: buy yeah, a
0: mega, bus, mega bus for a
1: dollar yeah
0: but you wow. gotta you yeah. gotta and you end
3: up in somehow no matter where you started from <laughs> right canadian joke you <laughs> don't get it
1: <laughs> hey jim um, let's talk about a low price gpu uh, is it a knockout? It's a it's a real knockout. Hey, guys, you remember how at CES, AMD uh, slash ATI announced the new Radeon RX 5600 XT, which is this cut down 5700. It's got lower clock speeds. And even though it has the same core count, but they took some of the memory away. Now it's six gigs and they cut down the memory bus from 256 to 192. So that's the new 279 dollar Radeon card. So, what does Nvidia have to say about this? Well, they sort of quietly lowered the price of the RTX 2060 to 299, where it had been to 49. Or I'm sorry, 349. Now it is 299. And then EVGA releases this product called the KO, which, and I wasn't. This isn't my my take. Like they weren't. This is not something clever headline I came up with. Let me quote EVGA's actual marketing page for this product. Quote, the new EVGA GeForce RTX 2060 KO is here to knock out the competition at a value you cannot pass up, end quote. And knockout was in all caps, by the way. So the competition is obviously that 5600 XT. And by knocking $20 off the price of the newly price dropped, RTX 2060, they've they've created a product that matches the price but has measurably higher performance. Like a, an RTX 2060 is going to be a higher performing part than the RX 5600 XT. It just has to be. Look at the. I mean, there's just no, there's no competition. AMD themselves pitted it against a 1660 Ti on all of their charts. That 10% advantage that they were advertising at CES will be gone at this price point if. RTX 2060s are available in the market for the same price. So I feel like, I don't know. I will, I will poll the group here. Do you think 279 is an appropriate price for the RX 5600 XT, even without the existence of a $279 2060?
0: You can't overstate the value of PCI
1: 4.0. No, brother. Okay. I mean, if it was a buy. Uh, eight connection like the fifty five hundred XT is, and there were stories like uh, it's. I can't remember who did it first, but if you took the fifty five hundred XT four gigabyte version and put it in a memory constrained situation where it had to start using system memory in in place of VRAM, uh, it would start to. It, the performance would be a lot better if you had a PCIe four motherboard like an x570 motherboard Mm. so because the pipe is just bigger between system memory and the car i don't think that's a realistic scenario so i never did any of that testing to validate it because i'm like of course if you exceed the frame buffer of a graphics card your performance goes down do we not remember the lessons taught to us by nvidia with the three and a half gigabyte uh, 970 no we remember nothing we don't even want to play that game with this generation but yeah but i I feel like ATI slash AMD, they charge as much as they possibly can for these GPUs. And then they argue, well, if you pit it up against the thing that costs the same from Nvidia and they did that with the Radeon seven and it was like trading blows with the RTX 2080 at the time. And it, they were both $699 cards. So depending on the game, one might have slightly better performance than the other. Okay. But then they were ignoring the fact that, you know, they don't have hardware ray tracing support, which is, you know, of debatable importance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you can go down this road where you debate both of them. Like, do you need 16 gigabytes of frame buffer? No. And then they said, well, there are these scenarios where you actually can use more than eight gigabytes. And for anyway, yeah. And at, (laughs) at some point, at some point it just became kind of ridiculous. And the product was EOL'd basically as soon as the RX 5700 XT came out because the 5700 XT was within like 5% of the performance of that card for, you know, $400, $450. So I, I, I look at this announcement and the two things I think of immediately are that the Radeon card is probably too expensive and needs to drop down to 259 And why the hell does the GTX 1660 Ti exist? That's the other thing I think of. If you're selling an RTX 2060 for 279 after a $20 instant rebate, why would you keep the 1660 Ti on the market at 279? And then of course I say that and I looked it up and I added a screenshot to the review or the news post because there's already a $20 blanket rebate across the board on the on the 1660 Ti. So I suspect that $259.99 will be the new price of the 1660 Ti, and that the RTX 2060 will settle somewhere between 279 and 299 But I feel like AMD has to do something with the pricing of these GPUs because it's just not... I, sensible? No. They're, they kill it on the CPU side. They're absolutely crushing it. Yep. They have the best value in Enthusiast Desktop, Period. And look at the look at any chart that shows CPU sales, uh, e-tail, retail. Look at uh, in the enthusiast forums. Look at just the chatter on social media. People are excited about AMD. They, AMD is back in a big way. The last three years with Ryzen, Zen, turned the company around. Look at their stock price. They're at twenty-year high, and th- it is the CPU platform to get. It's the sexy platform on CPU and server right now. And GPU, it's boring. It's more of the same underperforming stuff that costs too much money.
2: But but does AMD really want to get into a race to the bottom with NVIDIA? It seems like they're kind of just, you know, they're they're pacing NVIDIA in terms of of performance and price. But they're not trying to get into a price war with them until, you know, maybe they, they just don't want to until, you know, they have better products right now they're competitive and that's about it with Ryzen uh, Zen 2 not only are they're competitive but they're doing better i mean overall so yeah, yeah i mean I'm always, I'm always playing devil's advocate especially about graphic stuff and don't get me wrong i'd like to see a a $400 2080ti i think that'd be awesome but yes we're not yes. we're not there and uh, looking at either company, they're not interested in going there.
3: Well, and the the lead with the Titans proved, at least to NVIDIA, that holy
1: crap, people will pay a grand for a graphics card?
3: Yeah. That's
1: a sad thing, because NVIDIA Nvidia set the bar up here with pricing, and then AMD's like... people buy them! We can come up with a product that matches that performance and then charge the same. What happened to the days of... You could buy an AMD card, and it was either 99 or 100 percent of the performance of similar nvidia card and it was less money and it was it was the sensible way to go and then of course there was there was you know the driver disparity which has gotten so much better i mean we're getting day one drivers consistently from amd now that did not used to be the case and yeah you'd you'd save money but maybe the driver support wasn't as good and nvidia had a reputation for better drivers at least as far as i was concerned even the last decade or so but it they've basically caught up, is, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, well, we have to justify the fact that we have bigger driver teams now, and we have more people working on that division, but it can't be anywhere near uh, the numbers and the effort they put into the CPU side of things. I, I just think it's telling, just to go a little inside baseball here, it's telling that if you get a review sample, like when I got my 5500 XT, uh, anytime you get something from Radeon, it comes from ATI, in Canada, you actually get a notice that something from ATI is coming. It says ATI on the invoice. So I feel like internally, and I know Ke- uh, Kyle had alluded to this in a scathing uh, piece up on his site, which you can probably still find on the Internet Archive a couple years ago, that uh, internally it basically still was two different companies. And he thought they should split because it, it seems that culturally they are a little bit like in, uh, ATI and AMD still Mm -hmm. and the the graphic side is just marketing 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 like let's find the right combination of games and resolution and settings to show how we're very competitive with nvidia at a specific price point where on the on the cpu side lisa sue goes out there and says here's a huge lead and here's another big win and here's another gigantic win and we have the advantage in process technology and they they have no answer for us whatsoever and so don't think something something arose by any other name yeah
0: well i mean also it does seem like even even though the pricing was completely out of whack when rtx launched we from what we've seen and what they've been able to bring technologically and what we've seen in leaks for ampere you know nvidia is much stronger than intel was it, it, to fight this new fight from amd and, and nvidia is in a better mm-hmm. position in terms of the price the pricing again yeah way out of whack but they're bringing you know, technologically, they're in a position to respond and and to continue to, to fight there. But also, I think too, we're in this this weird middle period where you know Navi launches halfway through the uh, RTX um, uh, lifecycle, and we don't see we don't have big Navi yet. And Lisa at CES did tell uh, various people that that we will see that this year. So maybe once you know Nvidia's got their three thousand series out and AMD is able to bring big Navi, and then fulfill in the rest of that that lineup maybe we'll see pricing adjust at that point and there and there are still advantages there are advantages i joked but there are advantages to pcie 4.0 for content creation certain gaming situations you know it's not irrelevant it's just and, oh, and, it's and, not irrelevant yeah and it's, it'll it's get better
1: like the pcie 4 argument feels a little bit like the rtx argument uh mm-hmm. at the end of 2018 and, and last year where it's the technology is impressive it's impressive that they offer it without any kind of a premium it's not like you're buying a pcie 3 version but they offer the pcie 4 version for 20 dollars more you're getting that baked in and if you can figure out a way to take advantage of it then it's there for you but uh i don't know i i think they 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 check so many boxes on the gpu side where for instance as far as driver parity goes they have uh integer scaling now as well that was one of the last big Updates to the Radeon software, so that's and that's great. And I've I've tested out. And I actually think that the Radeon software has gotten to the point where it's easier to use than NVIDIA software. It looks cleaner. It's it's like big buttons. It's it's a much more modern. It's being gamified. Buttons.
2: Yeah, which yeah. Is fun. You know, hey, hey yeah, I got
1: interrupted. Got
2: interrupted. Yeah. I gotta go. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. Call in now. Keep Call that thought it. in mind about the big I'll buttons vouch for you. Yeah, okay. but I'm gonna go.
0: All right, so you guys the big button, Josh. A
2: great, great night. The big
3: shiny push. candy red apple button. No, tonight. push the small buttons in the yep. proper order, and then okay. a of right, well,
0: we'll, we'll take this opportunity to say goodbye to Josh, and we'll break to hear from our sponsor this week. Josh, so Josh. goodbye, Josh.
3: Josh, I Bye. love you. Pause him like that. Me too. I love you. Bye. Hang up. Perfect.
0: All right. Let me uh, leave him there. Ah, all right why didn't you leave him well i right. i you want me to leave him there the whole show pointing I mean, at us I just, well yes I, just,
1: I want to see there, kind of. there we go look at that but it'll, it'll confuse people it'll confuse people i bet that's even better let's just but leave now that a word from our sponsor
3: <laughs> no not the nostril
0: <laughs> not the nostril
3: and now he looks more like dramatic woodchuck, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that works. Um, all right, yes, yeah, so, so we'll uh, we'll stop right now. We'll hear from our sponsor, we'll be right back. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Now at this point, I hope all of you know how important a VPN is for protecting your privacy and security while browsing online. But of course, another benefit of a VPN is that it can change your location at least as far as the websites and services you're connecting to are concerned. And this is important because there's so much content online these days that is starting to become region locked. It's only available in certain areas and that stinks if you're you know you're traveling abroad and you want to access your home Netflix account or watch your local sports teams or if you're just living in a region and you can't access something that's just region locked somewhere else for example here in the US we don't get all the exclusive UK content that's available on Netflix for example great shows like Doctor Who, Blackadder, even even shows like Star Trek Discovery, which are available on Netflix abroad, but aren't available here or are available here on, on other services that you may not have access to. And that's where a VPN like ExpressVPN comes in because it allows you to change your location to a VPN server in that region and suddenly open up access to all of that content. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. Another example is, you know, anime. If you like anime, there's, there's obviously anime services here in the US, but there's a ton of content in Japan. And ExpressVPN has servers in Japan all over the world. Pretty much any country you could think of, you're going to be able to find an ExpressVPN server there. That's going to give you a fast connection to all that content. And not just Netflix, it's Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube. It works great for all of these services. Now, of course, any VPN service can can do this. But the reason I choose ExpressVPN, and I've been an ExpressVPN customer for over three years now, is because they have that great availability with all of those servers in all of those regions, and they're fast. When I first started looking at VPN services uh, about three years ago, I compared a bunch of them. And by far and consistently, regardless of server that I chose in region, ExpressVPN was the fastest. You're not gonna be bottlenecked, because that's that's the key factor with with VPNs is it, it gives you all that security and all these features by routing your traffic through them and that makes them the bottleneck. So it doesn't matter if you've got gigabit fiber at your house, if your VPN service is, you know, at dial-up speeds, that's what your experience is gonna be. So you need your your VPN service to be fast and ExpressVPN is the fastest that I've used. And that means, especially when considering media playback, there's no buffering, there's, there's no lag, you can stream at HD, at UHD, you know, you still need a fast internet connection at your at your source but expressvpn is not going to be your bottleneck and of course expressvpn is also compatible with all of your devices not just your your pc or mac it works with your phones your consoles smart tvs and more so like i said i've been a happy paying expressvpn customer for years and we really want you to check it out and we've got a great offer for you here If you go to expressvpn.com slash pcper, you can get an extra three months of service when you sign up for a 12-month plan. So that's 15 months for the price of 12. expressvpn.com slash pcper. Support the show, watch what you want, when you want, and get all of those great protection and privacy features that a quality VPN brings you with ExpressVPN. Expressvpn expressvpn.com slash pc per for three free months all right back to the show all right and we're back and uh yeah, josh uh is with us in spirit in the upper right box if you're watching the video version or he may
1: see. actually be with us he could just be he could be trying to fake us out here with true us. he
0: can hold incredibly still for long periods yes. of time yes mm-hmm. so he
3: took guardians of the galaxy way too close to heart.
0: yeah but, uh, let's continue on with, or actually were there any other closing thoughts on, on the, uh, uh, the 2060 KO?
3: Well, I was going to say, knockout. uh, yeah, it is a knockout. I was going to say, and it's, it's a bit of a lead into the next one is that Nvidia was at 1.01 trick pony, uh, and that gave them an advantage especially over AMD, who's trying to do two things at once, but also over Intel that was spreading themselves all over the place. But it's not that they've not be spread out. It's just that they've realized that what they've been developing for the longest time has a whole bunch more applications, which is why we're seeing the HPC stuff, the uh, the deep learning for cars, the various ways that they're expanding in non-consumer ways, which gives them some fairly deep pockets to you know stand, make a stand against uh, AMD or at least the ATI part of it as we were sort of discussing with uh, how the graphics cards go. But now comes the rub is that Intel is nudging in on AMD's territory too, on the graphics side, which is something that we're not used to seeing, but Ryan is very proud of uh, as we do still talk to him and he does find us very amusing. But uh, one of the things I ran into was the uh, razor blade stealth. The there is a specific model uh, which is the... So the Shroud it versions of the
1: Kentucky Shroud yes. model? Yes. No.
3: No, it's not powered by a Kentucky Shroud, strangely enough. The Mercury Weight model comes with an i7-1065 G7. So one of those configurable ones that goes from 15 watt to 25 watt. They've chosen to leave it at 15 watt. But they're selling it as a gaming laptop. Now... Any of the other Razorblade Stealth Thirteens have a, a ten sixty or a sixteen fifty in them, rather. This one doesn't. There is no discrete GPU in this gaming laptop. You know, a scary thing is, for the vast majority of people who you know don't really go more demanding than, uh, say, Overwatch or Fortnite, you. Can hit sixty frames a second, no problem, on this this bloody under two kilo laptop. It's like one and a half kilo.
0: Well, you can you can hit sixty at maybe you medium. know seven twenty medium you know medium settings at ten eighty even I think at medium because so this is the, to to, re, to remind everyone this is the Ice Lake the top end Ice Lake processor yeah. the ten sixty five G seven which uh, we reviewed initially in that Dell XPS uh, two and one we've since got a Surface Laptop three that has it. Uh, and it's a very good ultra low power 15ish watt tdp processor that doubled intel's graphics performance. Now, they were starting off in a very bad spot with the well, UHD this 630. is the
3: thing. Anything they do is get bad is going to be better.
0: Yeah, um and so I didn't it, expect it, this much better. Right. They they well they, they they told us, you know, they starting at the end of 2018 I think it was, they they came out and said, "Hey, Gen 11 because this is their Gen 11 platform this is going to double performance." And we said, "We'll see." And sure enough, it did, and it did catch up to what AMD has now, not what they just announced with Ryzen 4000 mobile, uh, which is Zen no. 2, but with their Zen Plus Ryzen 3000 mobile, the Picasso platform that they call it, it did catch up to the Vega graphics in that platform. Now, this new stuff is a whole different story. AMD says, even though it's still using Vega with Ryzen 4000, it's much more performant uh, than than the last version. but. But looking at just this, looking at just Ice Lake, it is a very nice platform for, I mean, I wouldn't buy it as a gaming laptop. That's what's strange about no. this. Because it's not going to give you that kind of performance you expect from a gaming laptop. What it, How what many it does people is...
3: are only playing CSGO or oh, sure. uh, yeah. one of those friggin' MOBAs? Right. And this thing is going to be brilliant for it.
0: Yeah, if you if you need gaming on the go, and that's how I viewed and how I positioned when I was reviewing yeah. it, you know, it's it's basically this is your ultralight work laptop, but hey, you can also game if you need to. You can play those lower demanding games at the lower settings and get a decent frame rate, which you couldn't do on Intel before. That was exclusive to AMD, and and so now Intel's caught up in that regard. Uh, but man, I mean, I wouldn't if you think, I mean, even for the average consumer, if they think I'm going to buy a gaming laptop, they're probably going to be disappointed in the performance of this. I mean I, I would imagine oh, yeah. just yeah. It's, it's great I'm battery sure, life yes. the cpu side of it is great for that class of processor um it, but man i just i that's that's bizarre i mean it's good to see you know razor you want all companies to have a great range of products so that you can choose you know how to how to go and and, and i assume yeah. this has thunderbolt so you could do an eGPU um when you're you know at home yes. or something uh it, it might take
3: up a power connector
0: well it'll, it'll most eGPUs provide like 85 to 100 watts charging
3: this only wants 65
0: yeah so it should be fine there
3: i'm just curious to see how well this works out Mm
0: -hmm. it's just because because, uh,
1: Sorry, you no i'm just gonna say this might the confusion we have about this product being called a gaming laptop could just be simply a matter of branding maybe they just forgot to like the full name of this like the the facebook gaming laptop you know because then mm-hmm. it's it's it makes perfect sense razor you're, blade you're, you're 13 out. mercury right facebook gaming machine yeah it's the bejeweled or, laptop i have never seen frame rates like this in uh puzzle games before
0: so yeah i mean this is um an interesting choice for razor and you know to position it like that um and like i said and if you if you go into this knowing it's a 15-watt TDP and what to expect there, and and, and if you go, like, it looks like it's a similar form factor to the... Uh, well, it looks like it's actually a little thicker than the Dell XPS 13, but you're not yeah. going to get... The, the, you can look at existing products that run that 1065G7 and get a good idea of what you can expect for graphics performance here. Uh, but, it
1: part of the problem with this? Because I, I have two points to make, and I, I know I talk too much already, but I always even on a thin light even on a business laptop i'm always frustrated in certain circumstances with a lack of really good display output support so if you have a a more powerful gpu even if you're not using it for gaming you typically have greater display support like multiple like 4k 60 display output or something like that Uh, so the potential for improved external display support at higher resolutions and refresh rates is something that i would look into for this as a, as a business option, just cause it has a more powerful dedicated uh, graphics solution. But uh, other than that, I, I don't know. I, I think the problem with this is really just price. If this was a thousand dollar laptop or $1,100 laptop, and it was being sold as a really stylish uh, thin and light that had additional functionality because of the graphical capabilities, that's great. But 1,499 pounds, I'll have to look at what the uh, US selling price is. Well, it's $1,500 US as well. Oh, okay. So $1,500 Right at though, the end, it's $1,500. I mean,
3: well, I mean, a Dell without uh, that is going to cost you a grand on the small form
1: factor.
0: Yeah, I think the... I know, bought... do I want to pay
1: $500 more just because of the potential for adequate gaming performance at lower re- resolutions and detail yeah.
0: settings? Well, while, while you were talking, Sebastian, I just quickly pulled up my 1065G7... XPS review. So let's let's just yes. quickly go through the gaming benchmarks of that. So this was the XPS 13 which is the Ice Lake same processor as this Razer Blade and the ThinkPad yeah. T495 which was again at the time AMD's best performing part in this the 3700U. And so uh, looking at Civ Civ 6 1080p medium the XPS the the, the Intel Park it's an average of 30 frames per second uh f1 2018 at 720p get you close to that 60 frames it, it got to 59 average um 1080p f1 down to 40 far cry 5 at 20 again at well, 1080p ex- and low but it's a big game that. yeah grand theft auto 5 at 1080p low 43 uh you know between well the, the different passes of the benchmark between 43 and 55
3: yeah but that's playable.
0: Yeah, that is playable, you're right, and, it, and considering where it came from on Whiskey Lake before this, yeah. that's a huge leap, um, but again, not not 60, you're not really hitting 60 in any of these games, although again, these are bigger games, okay, okay, here's Rocket League, 1080p on the performance preset with Rocket League, 76 frames per second, so there you go, if you're a Rocket League player, if you're, as Jeremy said, mobile player, um, World of Warships 67, yeah. Um, so yeah, there there are, there are there are some games, but I just uh, you, I really hope whoever goes into this to buy this Razer knows what they're getting um, and doesn't just think well, gaming won't. laptop I can play AAA games at acceptable frame rates because that's not the case
3: because one of the, the kickers is that they'll go in and they'll look at the Razer Blade Stealth 13 and there'll be three models yeah that's and this one's kind of cheap this one's really expensive and this one holy crap that's really expensive what you're looking at is this one and two that have the 1650 in it, one that has a 4K monitor, one that doesn't. Yeah. All the same branding. I've run into people who bitched and screamed when they dropped, you know, 15000 bucks on a gaming laptop, and it's heavy. I can't play it because the battery dies in no time at all. And when I actually really want to do something that's hard, it's not actually that good. And a few of them have picked up something you know, similar to this well, on the AMD side, uh, those rare, rares dragon teeth that you find the, um, mobile Ryzen platforms. And to be honest, you know, talking to them once in a frigging blue moon, do they play something that's as demanding as far cry. And at that point I'm like, yeah, eGPU is a thing. And that's what you look at. So you just buy a nice dock, which is an eGPU. When you get home, you plug it in and away you go. But this thing you'll actually be able to wander around with. None of them picked it up yet, so I don't have any direct feedback. But I'm just curious if there is a section of the market that this is going to make it for or if it's going to fail horribly. Well, I mean, curious.
0: the volume on these is, is low in general. Uh, Always. So, we'll, yeah, we'll see how how Razer responds as they update their, their lineup going forward. Um, well, well, Jim, if the
1: volume is low, just get external speakers.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Let's uh, let's no. jump into uh, our next story. We've got a couple of sort of related stories as we've talked about. Uh, it was two days ago now, I guess Tuesday the 14th, we said goodbye to Windows 7, sort of. Uh, and you would get a, there was a, there's a nice, if you're running Windows 7 on a non-domain joined PC, you get a nice big screen that says, um, you know, welcome to, uh, or, you know, welcome to the, the era of buying a new PC. You're not gonna get updates anymore. No here's a link to a store welcome friend. to
3: the jungle yeah you should patch or die
0: actually i think i caught die. if i uh i think i grabbed a screenshot of that let's see
1: Yeah, it's, it's full screen
0: yeah it's a full screen I think, image I'm think it which is.
1: arcade game this was it might have been a ninja turtles game it's like welcome to die <laughs> actually i think it might be x-men it was x-men but yeah, yeah there you, you go. X-Man. I remember yep. that. Your one. Windows 7 PC is out of support. Full screen nag.
0: Yep. Oh, you can click but,
1: on don't remind me again. That's nice. Yes, it,
0: it does have a yeah. don't remind me again uh, button. And unlike XPs, Which won't uh, work? it works. Yeah, uh, I don't know it? about it? Well, for now,
3: months, I mean, it's been what, like 48 hours. But if you're well, on a domain machine, you get an extortion notice oh good mm, shame if something happened to your pc you know if you give us 50 bucks per pc uh we might give you a security update or two
0: yeah but you know we, we've seen this coming and uh
3: you'd be surprised how many people were in denial
0: well i mean and they're still it, windows 7 is still what 30 35 percent of the market which is mm, hundreds of millions bit, yeah
3: 32 or so
0: yeah, it's, it's 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 hundreds of millions of systems worldwide, and and so it is a big, a, you know a big, a big install base that's now gonna have to decide whether to upgrade or, or to go forge it and, and count count on the fact that Microsoft or the risk of whether Microsoft will release updates if some huge issue becomes. Uh, you know becomes what's apparent.
3: the funniest part about this? Just about every single bank machine that you ever used in your life. Is running Windows 7 POS hmm. or the, the light. It, 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 at least they've upgraded to XP Embedded.
0: Yeah, for a while it was yeah, that, well, it,
3: I mean, was on... it, when, when Microsoft essentially just said, you know what, we're just not going to let XP Embedded boot anymore. Okay. That was what forced them to go.
1: Can I just say in a somewhat tangentially related uh, topic, uh, we were just talking about... Um, what were we just talking about? You know what? Uh, cut away from Death. me, Jim. Kill it. Kill it. I forgot what I was going to say. Something. What was I going to say? I'll think about it. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, uh, we're talking about um, market share. And we were talking, like you mentioned, Windows 7 being still like 30% of the market. Uh, I was talking to Patrick today on Twitch, and we brought up the Steam hardware survey results. A couple of interesting things. One, uh, 1080p monitors have dropped about 10% since the last time I looked. They used to be about 80%. Really? 69%. 69%. And 1440p rising. It was at 6.74%. It's almost 7% of the market now. But a solid 8% of the market is still 1366 by 768. What was interesting, though, looking at these numbers and how, of course, if you look at the top 10 graphics cards like NVIDIA, 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 Intel, NVIDIA, Intel, and then I think it's the RX570. It's the first AMD card to show up. And AMD has cried foul about Steam hardware survey results before. And I remember, I don't remember who it was, if it was Scott or who it was, who was talking about this with AMD, but something about internet cafes in China, like uh, when you log in, it creates, like the new user logs in and it creates another instance of a new system, which then gets logged by Steam as a new computer. So then there's another Intel powered system with an NVIDIA GPU. Yeah, that's a...
0: Well, that is an issue what's interesting. That Steam allegedly fixed, but it may be back.
1: AMD says they didn't really fix it. And yeah. then, if you look at the latest you know Steam my Mac survey, address. And I mean, come on. Chinese simplified has taken over as the most common language used by Steam users. Thirty-seven percent. It's only thirty percent English, and then everything else. So it's just one kind of interesting. that seems way too low. And two, how did it take so long? I, I don't know, but it, it's it's taken over.
0: I mean, th- th- there is that, that factor, and I, I have seen reports. Cause, I mean, th- th- that was a legitimate issue with, with the way that they were counting these internet cafes, which are are they're foreign to, to me, at least. I don't know of any around here that are like gaming, PC gaming cafes. But in parts of the world, like China and in Europe and some places, they're, they are huge. And those are probably going to be Intel machines, and they're going to have a lot of traffic. And so if they keep racking those up, that can skew the statistics steam did say they fixed it this i think was two years ago but i've seen reports that it's potentially back there are questions about the chinese a surge in chinese users um and so yeah i mean you you have to take it as just a data point you can't you can't take steam surveys as the uh the be all end all of of the market
3: plus side a lot of them are getting beyond the great firewall of china so hey awesome
0: well is steam block because otherwise
3: we wouldn't Oh well, well, everything is blocked if they want it. Well,
0: everything's monitored. I was just wondering. I wasn't sure if Steam was officially. Oh, well, I don't blocked, think they
1: got VPN but. service
0: and they're just, you know, spoofing their VPN. They could. They could use something like ExpressVPN. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um so Did you know related. that Microsoft
3: is gonna become carbon negative? Uh, yes.
0: Ooh. Manipulating those energy is- credits, huh?
3: Uh, yeah, the, they're the, going to the, give back, back rid of every Windows thing 7. Yeah. yeah, by getting rid of Windows was... 7 and by getting rid of a basic edge, that they're going to become carbon negative.
1: Well, we asked... were so inefficient
3: for carbon it, neutrality. Really, it
0: was. I mean, look at that I ugly know. icon and look at the beautiful. Ah, icon. I
1: just went through this before the podcast. It was those sharp edges, like they're not. They're, they're not aerodynamic at all.
0: Well, of course, as we're talking about is, is the, the official launch of the Chromium-based Edge browser, Edge 2, the new Edge, Credge, however you want to call it. Uh, we've, we've heard about this for months. They had a, a public beta come out at some point, I think, middle of last year. And, uh, I know, and I've been testing it on a variety of platforms because that's the one distinction. Now that it's based on Chromium, it's kind of multi-platform. The original Edge that launched with Windows 10 is exclusive to Windows 10. And now this will work on Windows 10, Windows 7, Mac. Um, and it's it's an interesting uh, move by Microsoft, obviously. Um it I on Chromium? Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's no official package <laughs> for it, but you could get, like, on there might be a way to hack it into your <laughs> Chromebook. Because Chrome runs on your Chrome OS, so maybe... So it'll... why
3: can't Chrome yeah. run on it?
0: But, um, yeah, it's, it's basically, it's Chrome, because it's, ba- it's on the Chromium project. So you take that base... You take away all the extra stuff Google puts in after it leaves the Chromium project, uh, and, and it's replaced with Microsoft stuff. But because it is Chrome-based, the rendering engine is pretty consistent. Uh, it, it supports uh, the Chrome extension library. There, I guess there's still going to be some official Microsoft Edge extensions in the Windows Store, but you can go to the Chrome extension store. There's just a little, little checkbox at the top of the screen. You have to say, hey, do you want to allow third-party extensions? You say yes, and then you can install and sync all your... Chrome extensions, um, and it's it's a fine browser as far as I've been able to test because it's just Chrome, and and I guess my only thought would be if you wanted to use Chrome but didn't want Google, you'd use Brave or something. Uh, so I don't know how this is going to play into it. Uh, it's available for download now. It's going to be pushed out by default in some future version of Windows. Uh, that's been not been determined yet when that'll happen, but you can go get it now, and uh, the original Edge will stay in Windows for now and it will be hidden uh when you get the new chrome uh because i guess the uh chrome the old chrome original chrome en- rendering engine uh has some stuff that other apps uh depend on for rendering like what apps that have browsers in them and uh and stuff rely on that so it's going to be in the windows code just like ie was for a long time and in windows 10 be- and still yeah still is um so yeah i mean have you guys yeah, you know, if you're, you're on a
3: domain uh you are not going to see it they, they figured out to block that because well we we idiots are still dependent on ie 11 for a lot of stuff uh but other than that i mean like i just tried it tonight just to see if it did one thing that chrome did and well it does
0: yeah it does it and it's a bad thing in our case but but, uh, but hopefully it's consistent.
3: this will build the Microsoft store at some point.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, so, you yeah, know, it's, it's free to try out. You, you, you install it alongside your other browsers. So, uh, if you haven't had a chance to play with it, go check it out and see what you think. Uh, it's, I guess, whatever, I don't know. It's, it's, it's much better than edge, the original edge, because the original edge, even though it had great text rendering and smooth scrolling and decent battery life mm. compared to Chrome, uh, it was a mess of a browser. It it, it took forever to add even basic features, including it was like what like over a year before you could save as on a file in
3: True. in Edge. Well, no, about a year
0: was it? Okay, it was a long time. Yeah. It was some, for something oh, as basic ridiculous. as that. Um, so it was literally uh, the desktop Adobe.
1: realization. It was the desktop realization of what the Windows Phone experience was for me. which mm. Was yes, we still don't have that on Windows Phone. Really, I still can't do this on Windows Phone. And then I got to experience that on the desktop too. And then I also quit using a Windows Phone.
3: It, Sorry, Microsoft phones are not necessarily, you know, compatible with Microsoft products. We apologize yeah. for this. And uh, little things like
1: lying. you know, you know, regular, normal, expected functionality that just isn't there.
0: All right, uh, let's let's jump into the next news story because uh, we're not even—I don't think we're even halfway done here. I told you there's a lot of stuff oh, to yeah, show. Oh are. Um, are we? Okay, we're getting close. Um, so the next uh, story, of course, is an update to the EVGA New Audio, NU, New Audio Card. Yes. Now, we uh, we talked about this last year, and Sebastian reviewed it. I think it was right after CES last year.
1: And they actually we, he, handed them out at CES.
0: That's right. That's right. We had a little gift to take home in our luggage. Um, and uh, that, that was a, a great a high-end audio card. Sebastian loved it. I think it was an editor's choice, gold award. I, I think recall. I gave it
1: gold just because of the price. Yeah, if it had okay. been a little bit cheaper, it might have been but, a little bit, you know, closer to editor's choice. But yeah, it's it's but, very, very fine audio card, two channel specific. That's the thing. Yeah. And that's kind of what the new audio pro is about because if you get the Pro 7.1, there's this sort of sister card, and it actually connects the other one via a uh like a Thunderbolt cable. This is if you ever wanted SLI sound cards. This is probably the closest you're ever going to get. Because I only like connecting literally- my sound cards via MPC. Yeah. Well, hey, that and I have no problem with that. Which I don't I'm, think uh, is a thing candy. anymore. Well, it was. That was IBM's proprietary was. bus, right? Uh, but no, it's oh no, it's it's mini display port, but it that's what connects the new audio pro to its separate 7.1 Pro surround card. So that is the new feature of this. And but then component selection they say is improved. I'm looking over the list here, and it's new capacitors, which are supposed to offer improved sound quality, and, uh, and a new amp for the headphones. So, uh, and of course, new and improved RGB lighting, which is on the uh, the new Audio Pro card only. Ooh. you have lighting strips there. Well, that's but why you release we, a new product now. Yeah. And I I have one. I have one of these new cards. It is still sealed in the box because I've been busy, but I will be unwrapping that and getting to that along with some other reviews here this month. But I'm excited to hear what any audible changes there might be. It was such a solid card before though. If you don't have to list you don't have to, you know, trust me on this one. I think the consensus was has an extremely good headphone amp, very, very good two channel audio rivaling separates like little desktop separates if you buy like a hundred dollar DAC and a hundred dollar headphone amp and put them on your desk it's about that level of sound quality for about the same price so it's like 200 bucks for one of these sound cards but you get about a 200 hundred dollar experience compared to separates so it, it's cool to be able to integrate that into a system uh and you know it if you st- there, There is actually some validity to an, ex, you know, an actual sound card in 2020. You you have to trust me on this because the, the amp is very, very clean and very, very low noise compared to onboard audio. But it is a tough sell. It's tough to say $200 for a sound card.
0: Well, that was that was last year. This is right. $300. Yeah, well, price. I mean, that's if
1: you want both. That's if you want the 7.1 and it's so they're going like crazy yeah i mean this it's uh get on a waiting list uh if you have to i can't say that i haven't tested it yet but i will i'll let you know what i think and it again it's one of those things where you have to temper everything with i know it's a sound card i know it's 2020 and i know that every motherboard even the cheapest ones have 7.1 sound but motherboard multi-channel audio probably not that great I'll, I'll be curious to know what they're using for surround on this. Like if it has like the same chip in it as a, like a home theater receiver and it's got amazing channel separation, all that kind of stuff, but
3: no, we'll it couldn't be. Well, I mean, at least it can probably provide channel separation. It does have mm-hmm. one gigantic Achilles heel though, which is it's not PCIe 4.0, you know, it's true. I mean, if you're going to release Never. a sound card in this day and age, AMD users are just going to be disappointed.
1: I'd have to look through the specs to know this, but it's 2.0. I I bet uh, it could support even higher bitrate audio if they're using uh, USB or not USB. Here's the thing though, I'll have to see if this is still the case. The original one was actually a USB device that was bridged to PCI That's right.
0: Express. Yeah.
1: So we would asked them, actually, so on this one. Is it possible you could release a mobile version of this? Because it'd be great if it was this USB as an option. Like, oh, you know, it's a possibility. And then, of course, it comes out and it's still a PCIe. <laughs> but that's that's when you get. Well, let's see.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, I don't see anything about that.
0: Well, it's cleaner. Keep everything uh, inside the case. No additional power cords. Everything is cleaner, yeah. right? Simpler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Small form factor. If you've got the ears, you not apply. For it.
1: Yes. Hey, and if, you can even you can do this ultra small form factor as long as you don't need a discrete video card. If you're just making yourself a little audio playback and recording box, I I thought about doing this. I actually wanted to do a build last year, kind of fell apart, but I was going to do a thin mini ITX with integrated graphics and then a new audio card and make a like a home media server, kind of a music server, all in one thing with two ten terabyte drives in it. And, uh, you know, Thin Mini ITX is hard to find these days. It's even harder to find with a PCI Express slot. You have to go back in time to previous generation Intel chipsets to even get, like, a buy four PCIe slot, and then you'd have to use, like, a 90-degree angle adapter, and it's complicated.
0: All right, well, hey, let's, um, let's take another quick break to thank our second sponsor this week. We'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Clear. Now, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we've talked about Clear before, and you should also know that I am a huge fan of this service, and that's because I've started having to travel a lot more since I started working here at PC per I'm, and I'm in unfamiliar cities, unfamiliar airports, meetings are running late, things like that that, that don't let you have a, a predictable schedule. Don't, they don't let me get to the airport early enough to avoid that so-called, you know, I might miss my flight anxiety. And and that's the last thing on a tight schedule that you want to worry about. And and that's really where Clear comes in because Clear helps you avoid that. It helps you eliminate that. Never run to your gate again because Clear helps you get through security with the tap of a finger so you can get to your gate faster and reduce that pre-flight stress. Clear replaces the need for a physical ID card. It uses your, your eyes and your fingertips to get you through security. It makes you your ID and you're the best ID out there. With Clear, hour-long security lines are a thing of the past. You get to the airport, you go to the Clear line, you scan your fingers, and then you go right into the security uh, checkpoint, whether it's at an airport with TSA or even at at certain stadiums. Clear's available at over 65 locations, I think, more than 65 now, uh, airports and stadiums across the country with more being added every day. And signing up for CLEAR is so easy. Just go to the website clearme.com and start the enrollment process online. And to complete the enrollment, just head to a CLEAR location. And this can even be the morning of your flight because it only takes a couple minutes to enroll and you don't need an appointment. Just go up to one of the CLEAR uh, kiosks that they have there and a CLEAR ambassador will help you finish that enrollment process. It just takes a couple minutes and then you can start using CLEAR immediately. And uh, it's not just for you, too. With When you become a CLEAR member, you can add up to three fam- family members at a discounted rate. And uh, if you have children under 18 traveling with you, they can come through the CLEAR process and get through security uh, with you on time. So you don't have to split up from your family if you're going on a family trip and you've got CLEAR and they don't. You can get them all enrolled and uh, head on right through. So I've been a CLEAR member for close to a year now. It's I think I joined last March, so it's coming up on a year, and it's been absolutely the best travel-related decision I think I've ever made. But I don't want you to just take my word for it. You have to try it for yourself, and this is where it gets good. Right now, PCPort listeners can get two months of Clear for free, their first two months for free. Travel as much as you want within that two months. Use the service. See how amazing it can be, how much better it can make your travel. Just head to clearme.com slash PC per that's C L E A R M E dot com slash PC per clear me dot com slash PC per and use offer code PC per when you sign up and you'll get your first two months for free clear me dot com slash PC per all right back to the show and we're back let's jump into the reviews uh, we've got a number of them here that we kind of queued up over the last couple of weeks Starting off with a uh, review of the ThinkPad T490S uh, from Sebastian here. He says it's thin and light, done right. So tell us about this. And I didn't
1: didn't just say that because it rhymes, although that was 90% of the motivation there. This was probably my favorite laptop of 2019. And so even though I completed all the testing on this way back in August and sent it back... I was sitting on all these results and pictures and notes about my usage experience and stuff. And I was poring over this stuff. Like, you know what? This was really great. And I didn't find anything I liked better the rest of the year. And we got a specific version of this, which had the low power full HD display. They One of the things about these T490 and 490S laptops is they come in multiple display uh, versions. So you can get high resolution displays with uh, HDR support. You can get lower resolution displays like a full HD. And then there was the full HD low power variant, which I think notebook check was, they were guessing it was an IgZO, but IgZO has a different subpixel pattern. So I'm not so sure about that, but it has kind of that IgZO look. And if you don't know what IgZO is, it's this different technology. It's kind of like somewhere between IPS and OLED, I guess to oversimplify mm-hmm. and probably be mm-hmm. technically incorrect at the same time. But it it's very, very rich looking color, more so than your typical L C D experience. So the display looked great. Input was great. It was it's just a little bit thicker than an X series ThinkPad. So you have just a bit more key travel. Uh the trackpad is a good size. I had no issues with that at all as far as accuracy, no kind of like drag issues or latency that I noticed at all using the trackpad. And it has the the nub, the track point on there as well with physical like left right click buttons above the touchpad if you want that no physical touchpad buttons which i'm fine with because i always just tap to click or uh you can obviously register clicks um on the pad Uh, it's the classic thinkpad keyboard like brought back yeah the the closest experience i've had to this particular keyboard was my thinkpad yoga s1 that first generation like in 2013 2014 when that came out has the exact same feel same key travel same slightly concave keycaps, even though they look like chiclet keycaps, they have a little bit of a texture to them, a little bit of a concave. So they're they're comfortable to type on. Your fingers kind of find the home row and you're typing without looking. And at least I was. I, I love this keyboard. And it's it's backlit it me every time subtle they change. It. Yeah. Well, and you know what? And speaking of changes, this doesn't have any of those annoying changes that some of the X series had. Like this is a full width yeah. keyboard, physical escape button, no weird going on there and the other big thing about this even though it's a thin and light and the s this is the t90 t490s which is a slimmer version of the t490 still has some legitimate io on it somehow they they made a thin and light notebook that has full-size usb ports full-size hdmi port on the side of it it even has uh and of course it has usb 3.2 gen 2 i think it is on it and uh like Thunderbolt capability, charging, but it's, uh, it actually has Ethernet. There's a real, real technique. It just takes an adapter. So that is the one dongle you'd have to use if you wanted a physical connection because it, it didn't have the height, apparently, to integrate a RJ45 connector. So there is an adapter you have to use to use the NIC with it. But otherwise, it has pretty much full-scale laptop I.O., in a thin and light which was impressive it you know I, I would love to see like a full-size sd card slot and maybe make it a little bit thicker and put an ethernet right on the side of it but you can't have everything i guess as far as performance goes hey it's another one of those eighth generation core i5 laptops so <laughs> this is not a whole lot like to say whiskey about lake. it yeah it's whiskey lake it runs like whiskey lake it has decent performance it has uh poor graphics performance so don't get it for gaming it's it's fine it's a productivity machine this is a work laptop i carried this around with me exclusively for i want to say i used it for like three months to evaluate it maybe it was only two months but i used this every day threw it in my bag took it with me and it held up great it's like the materials they use with these are very strong. It looks nice. It feels nice. The screen was outstanding. The battery life was great. Both battery tests I ran on this were over fourteen hours. The video test and the uh, office productivity test with PC Mark. There are new battery tests in that suite. Fourteen plus hours. And it, in daily use, it was like a day and a half, two day laptop per charge. If I wasn't using it like super heavy, so yeah, I I thought it was outstanding. Uh, the only so problem, non gaming is... laptop cost. Yeah, not $1700. $1, yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. I think that uh, low power full HD display kind of adds a little bit to the price. Uh fair, but jeez. Yeah. It's it's expensive. And you th- Yeah, there's no way around it. I was like, oh, you know, for around maybe $1100 or so because I'm thinking this doesn't have like yeah. the ultra slim build quality of the X series like which I kind of like cuz X series laptops and it's been a year or two but you could take the like the lid of the laptop and you could kind of like bend it and you could make the display like kind of freak <laughs> out and it was a little unnerving. It was like this is a 2000 thousand dollar laptop and I'm like putting hot spots on the LCD screen. But these are a little bit thicker. The, the lid is stronger, but it, this thing is hyper light. I should have mentioned that it's very, very light. Not to that Levy Z lightness, that sub two pound laptop that feels like a plastic shell. This is just a bit heavier than that, but it's still, it's just over two pounds and it's it feels almost too light. It, it's almost, it's unsettling how light it is at first. You get used to it, but definitely appreciate it if you're carrying it in a bag. So I think you're partly paying for that lightness as well.
0: But uh, check Lenovo's store, because as we've talked about with the various Lenovo's we've reviewed, their store is weird. They're always running a sale. Oh God, yeah. Like there's the MSRP is meaningless. There's always some, like they had a Halloween sale and they had a Hanukkah sale and a Thanksgiving sale. and a, yeah. So just check their store um and, and look for those coupon codes. And cause the pricing is always in flux, unfortunately. Uh, but, the, yeah. but it and, star, and starts say, at 1199. You can get into the Yeah. This system it,
1: yeah that's, right. and that's down yeah. from when I did the review. I think it was 1399 and up when I did the mm-hmm. review. I swear I've seen one of the variants of this as low as 7.99, but I think that was the non-S model. And they yeah. have they have an AMD variant of the T490 series as well, which is a T495. Oh, mm-hmm. so
0: they have all that's what, sorts. That's what of we tested options. for the Picasso testing, the, the oh, Ryzen right, 3000 yeah. mobile. Now that's thicker. That is thicker. It's not the same. It's not as thin as this one, uh, but it's a similar. It's got the, I think the same keyboard. It's got this, you know good port mm-hmm. selection. So mm-hmm. good options there.
3: Well, thicker isn't necessarily better. Some some of us like thicker because yeah, you can match certain things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I like more girth than a laptop. I I can't yeah. mm-hmm. can overstate that.
0: All right. Um, next up, we've got a uh, motherboard review. Uh, Maury's back. He took he was on a little bit of a hiatus, but he's back with an X five seventy e gaming uh, motherboard from ASUS. It's the ROG Strix X five seventy e. It's like now high
1: I, end strix.
0: Yes, this is uh the XY70 boards as we've talked about are they, they range in price. They can be very expensive. And this one was or uh, $300. 300. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually that's in the middle. That's not too bad considering some right. of the uh,
1: It's it's high end for Strix cuz Strix became the Asus kind of like budget gaming
0: brand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although of course they have Tough as well, but Strix is like next step up but not quite to the actual like ROG flagship boards like the Crosshair 8. But still, I mean if you're looking over this board and its feature selection and stuff, it's it's not far behind. And it's only $299. So really what this offers is they're they're doing a, a what they call a comprehensive cooling solution. And as you can see it's it's big. It's like eight millimeter heat pipe. And your typical complement of like M dot two heat sinks uh, has a water pump header. Um I haven't looked over all of the uh, components here. I know that networking was one of their uh, key features because they have 2.5 gigabit LAN along with your gigabit Ethernet, which is Intel Ethernet. And then uh, 802.11ax with MU-MIMO. And it's like high-end audio, other features. Uh, You can check out the review for the complete, very comprehensive list of all the features and specifications here. But... You know, it's, it's checking a lot of the boxes here. You're, you're looking at a beefy cooling solution for the VRMs. And this is an X570 board. So it has active cooling, for the PCH. And I mean, if you just look at some of the Boris photos, it's got really beefy VRM cooling. It's passive cooling for the power delivery, but it is, it's big. So if you have any kind of airflow at all, it's going to keep that nice and cool. And he was impressed with this board overall, too, I will say. like He thought this was a super premium board. Uh, Feature selection is great. Build quality was very good. Performance was very good. And I'm I'm struggling to remember if he had any complaints about this at all. I think even CMOS He loves the
3: CMOS placement. Yeah, that was good. uh, The problem was that because of the way that they placed the CMOS battery, if you populate all of your X16, it blocks the X1. Which we all use constantly.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I was thinking. Wait, are those uh, sound cards buy one or are they buy two? No, they usually buy two. Okay, so yeah, that's. I mean, what are you using an X one for? I, I honestly don't one, know. I should say. I mean, I mean, if you have to, if, if it could always be cheaper. And he mentions price as a weakness. I, that's always relative. Two ninety nine, but I mean, if you're comparing it to the ROG Crosshair board. I would love to to have those go like head-to-head. I'll, I can recreate the test that Maury ran on the crosshair that I have here that AMD sent. Well, I think it's more just
3: the having... the change in price in AMD motherboards that we've seen this
1: generation is uh, noticeable. Yeah. I'm just excited. Anytime I see 2.5 gigi, I get simultaneously excited and then upset because then I think, why isn't every router sold 2.5 now? Because the same cabling can support the 2.5 giggie. And yet we're stuck on gigabit, but you know, Hey, if you buy this well, board, you're proofed. The, there's this new marketing
3: thing called 10 G and uh, yeah. Yeah. So that that's going to be taken over for a while. I believe I ranted on that earlier this week.
1: We've, we've had the promise of 10 gig E for years now. I remember when well, no, but this the, is just because Doxus
3: 4 in theory can hit that, but won't. And now yeah, they're branding yeah. it as that and it, it's just wonderful. Someone from Edelman emailed me about it and I just didn't believe them.
1: Hey, we love Edelman because
3: Well, we do, but are. we know
1: who they are. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it got the gold award for Maury, which is, you know, he's pretty hard on stuff. So that's very good. And he had virtually nothing bad to say about it except for like that little thing about the PCIE and he wasn't so he wasn't sold on the two two 299 price tag but hey you know these things are relative
0: yeah and of course as you know uh Maury's reviews are always incredibly detailed so head over to oh yeah see the full review he goes through every screen in the bios and obviously CMOS most placement as we indicated and and does uh it would take a longer podcast than testing.
1: even this one to fully cover a Mori review and that is to yep. Mori's credit yes. and thank god he puts these into the system himself i would still be inputting this if i yeah. was doing it every single image and all the galleries and it's all there he did an outstanding job please read the review and reward him for all of his hard work
0: and that's over at uh, pcpart.com it's the asus rog strix x570e gaming motherboard all right, uh, another review here we've got uh, in the last couple of weeks was a new Corsair keyboard. It's the K95 yes. RGB Platinum XT. And Sebastian took a look at this for us and really seemed to like it.
1: Yes, this is, this is ultra high build quality. I have actually never somehow done a high-end Corsair keyboard review. Those always went to the office, like it would be Ryan playing with the latest Corsair keyboard. This is a K95 board and it's the, it's the, ab, it's like the new, new K95 variant. And it's got, this is the, plat, the RGB Platinum XT. Of course I saw XT and in my mind immediately goes to IBM XT. I'm like, ah, XT, this is gonna have like a, a five pin DIN connector on it. No, it's not like that kind of XT. But what you do get is an all aluminum build, uh, at least for the top and the frame. The back is still plastic, but every little detail about it, like listen to this click. Like it's, everything is, is super strong uh, from the build quality through, I don't know, like the volume roller feels great. It's a metal volume roller, but our, our particular review unit came with Cherry MX RGB blue. That's one of the new features with this keyboard. The previous version of this, the non X, the non X T version of this keyboard uh, was offered. I think only with, uh was it brown and possibly red they've added a blue option oh it was brown and the silver speed so you can get silver speed or blue they sent blue and what another huge upgrade with this one is the keycaps and it's it's hard to see on video or even in pictures but it's it's an immediate and noticeable difference when you're actually using the keyboard because not only do they have a little bit of a different texture these are double shot keycaps they're they're th- they're thicker they're heavier they're more substantial they feel higher quality and they last a heck of a lot longer too so unlike abs keycaps that kind of fade and they immediately start to shine and the shine never really goes away pbt holds up the biggest upgrade i ever made to a keyboard was when i switched out standard abs keycaps with double shot pbt's and i couldn't believe the difference i never put any stock into people who talked about it. i thought it was I thought it was just a style choice and no, not at all. Get yourself some PBT keycaps and you will notice the difference immediately. And the, just the overall feel of the keyboard changes. They did some other stuff too. Uh, like the stems, the design is, is meant to be a little bit more uh, stable and adds the longevity of the, of the keyboard. Uh, very recently, Cherry had announced that they were the newest iteration of their MX uh, key switches were, up to a hundred million keystrokes guaranteed. And that's, what's integrated into this. So you get your choice. You can go with this, the silver speed switches on this, which have like a 1.2 millimeter actuation point. Get yourself the MX blues, which are more of that traditional deeper. um, I think it's a two millimeter actuation on that very clicky And this, but the overall package of this without increasing the price from last year. And Chris Koch did the previous uh, iteration of this for us, the review. And he loved it. I mean, and just looking it over, the only things that changed from last year's design to this new XT are just additional features. And we're talking things like the onboard profile storage. The previous version had that, but now this one has a larger onboard uh, storage. Now it can store five profiles instead of three. Uh, There's USB pass-through on this, which is great. So instead of, uh, I've seen some keyboards where they will offer a USB port, but it's just a charging port. This has a full pass through, which I, it basically, if I were to make a list of everything I wanted in a keyboard, it would be things like USB pass through and, uh, PBT double shot keycaps, And this basically has everything that I want in a keyboard. So, uh, the customizable per key lighting, of course it's, 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 got all that stuff which you can do in software there's a certain amount of control you have on the keyboard itself but the iq software is where you go to to change all the settings the color uh, program macros another thing this added was those the the row of six uh keys along the left side of the keyboard which was on the previous version on this one it's now fully compatible with um the elgato stream deck software so now you can use these g keys in place of a stream deck so you can, you know, whatever you want to program them for, it it will respond to those commands. Did you have and a chance to you, test you know, that? I have not yet because I don't have yeah. the Stream Deck software or anything here. But that's interesting because, that, I mean, that that Stream Deck by itself is like a $140 box. Yeah. And, you know, it has like the customizable buttons. But to to have that all together on one keyboard is cool. And they, they didn't add anything to the price. So my point is, like, they they took what was an outstanding keyboard, their flagship keyboard which you know chris reviewed and loved gave it the editor's choice a year and a half ago and they just added more functionality to it and significantly better keycaps with the new longer life key switches and it's just this is like a this is a class leading keyboard ultra high end and i think for what you're getting the price is not outrageous but it's still a $200 keyboard. So bear that in mind. This is this is a high-end keyboard, but I think it actually lives up to the price, honestly. If you get your hands on one of these things. It immediately feels different.
0: And now is the $200 is that list price? Are we seeing lower street prices or is that what you can expect to pay?
1: Uh when I was publishing the review, that's what it was selling for. So okay. uh, we'll see. We'll see if the street prices drop at all. But 199. And then I think I Part I've seen this before with with the new products from them is the old product will still be out there in the channels. The old product will, di- will get discounted first, so you'll see platinums out there, and then the platinum XT will be that brand new, full MSRP option.
0: All right, well check it out if you're in the market for a premium keyboard that one that wins our Editor's Choice award. That's the Corsair K95 RGB Platinum XT, the latest version of that flagship series. Corsair. All right, sticking with Sebastian because he did all the work the last few weeks. <laughs> We've got another review. People are done.
1: People are done with listening to me drone on hey, and on about this stuff, Jim. Well, that's hey, that's
0: the benefit of we put the timestamps in, so people yeah. can just skip to the oh, end. Okay. All right, and they yeah. need
3: to we see need to you describe these gorgeous pictures.
1: Yeah. If so you this can is... see what's next to me here, this is what we're talking about. It's it's like this obelisk. It's just this black glass thing. But this is this is the LDO three, Silverstone's newest Lucid Series case, and I reviewed the LDO one. I saw it at CES a couple of years ago now, and it was interesting. I mean, it was kind of this this high class, like a sort of lifestyle take on a computer case where it was glass panels on all the sides. But it was really big for Mini ITX. It was kind of your. It was actually a Micro ITX compatible case. This. Is very different. It's in the same family, but it's really a totally different imagining of this idea. The only thing it has in common with the first Lucid Series case is the fact that it has three glass side panels. But as you can see in the pictures, if you're watching the video, this or if you read along with the review, it has these asymmetrical panels, and then there's vents all over the place. There, the there's a huge vent on the top, huge vent on the bottom, there's a vent on the back for the PSU, and then the The darts, the sort of plastic dart uh, design on all the side panels has vents along the on the top and bottom. And it's 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 so much more ventilated than you might think for a case that has three glass side panels because they're not completely encompassing the sides. And the thermal uh, design of this case is different, too, because it's vertical. So it draws in hot air or it draws in cool air from the bottom. And then it rises up through and is drawn out the top. Comes with two fans out of the box. It has a bottom fan and a top fan. So you get really great airflow. I ended up moving out the bottom fan and putting a radiator down there just because I wanted all the cool air to hit the radiator first. And I put in the EVGA, it was the GTX or the RTX, sorry, 2080 Super hybrid card that's like semi liquid cooled. So that still went in manages there just not fit in. Oh, yeah. And and here's the thing. I should have done this, but I was just like real quick. Let me drop in my mini ITX test system, which already has like a, a 92 millimeter air cooler on it. And I just put this all together real quick. And then as I'm doing the testing and I realized, you know, honestly, and the fit of the radiator was there was room to spare. I could have easily put a 120 radiator in the top and bottom and had the CPU liquid cooled and the GPU liquid cooled. This case screams for custom cooling, like liquid cooling so i should at some point put a corsair uh like the hydro uh hydro series hydro x series liquid cooling in here but uh just you know kind of a combination of all the things we've seen from silverstone over the years like the it has a lot of raven dna in it so it has the rotated motherboard design and so all the io comes out the top of the case and is directed back out the top this top panel it clicks into place and it slides out and you have access to all of your motherboard IO from the top. And then all your cabling comes out the back and is directed out the back of the plastic panel. And, and it's just the way this went together was so easy, even considering how small it is. And this, this is not a tiny case when you look at the actual uh, volume of the case. The internal volume of the case is pretty high. It's like 25 liters. But it has a small footprint because it's, it's just kind of a... About a twelve-inch square on your desk, so it, the 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 functionality is excellent. The only the only complaint I had of any kind was just that out of the box, the the default fans are not quiet. They're just fixed speed fans, and if you put some quieter or PWM fans and set it to a lower fan like a speed, it would be very very quiet. But this particular system ran at like thirty-seven, thirty-eight decibels all the time, so get yourself a quiet fan or two and you have a lot more flexibility with cooling than you might think there is actually more room in this case for big cpu coolers than most full-size cases it's something like a 190 millimeter height limit so i mean you can put anything mm. in here and it just seems like I, I didn't even touch, like, scratch the surface of what you could do with this case. And I put a RTX 2080 Super in here. And, you know, I only put in a Core i5 processor because that's what I had set up with my mini-ITX board from that LDO one review because I wanted to compare CPU temps with the same cooler and the same CPU from case to case. And it was a huge improvement in thermals. So they have a great thermal design here. Think of how effective the Apple trash can was as ridiculous as it was. And yes, I know that everything kind of ran hot in there, but it worked. And this is taking that same thermal idea of let's just use natural convection to our advantage here. All the hot air is going to naturally rise, draw cool in from cool air in from the bottom, have good airflow, plenty of ventilation, and push it all out the top. And it it really works. So I Highly recommend this case if you have $119 to spend and are interested in a mini ITX build that actually gives you flexibility to use whatever big air cooler you want or go liquid. Use full-size GPUs. Silverstone, when I talked to them about this case, and we were going over build notes because the the one drawback would be versus a full-size case, you have to use an SFX power supply. This does accept SFXL—that's what I used with it, but SFX-L is not much of a compromise anymore because those use big fans; they're quiet, and you can get them very, very dense these days. Like you know, 700, 800 watts is no problem. So I, without any reservations, I highly recommend this case, it's even for the money. One nineteen may sound like a lot, but this is kind of a, this is a high end. Case, it's kind of like that keyboard. You're not buying this if you're on a budget. You're buying a forty or fifty dollar case if you're on a budget, but it looks great and it's functional. So again, grab it and then grab a quiet fan for the top at least, and I think you will be I think you'll be happy.
0: All right, well, that, again, that is the Silverstone ldo 3 Mini ITX case, hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, check out the full review and all the photos uh, over at PC Pur. All right, our final review, uh, we've got, uh, again, this was published uh, a while ago, end of December, but because of our publication or our, our podcast schedule, we didn't get to cover this one, but uh, our 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 new our newest writer, Kent, is back with a review of the Bear Dynamic DT-1990 Pro headphones, and uh, again, I'm going to let Sebastian lead the uh, coverage of this one because he is the audiophile in this group, so... Uh, what uh, what did Kent think of these headphones?
1: Well, if you read Kent's review, you would want to immediately go out and buy these at any cost.
0: He goes into at any cost, uh,
1: at virtually any cost. I was reading this and getting more and more pumped about this product. Like, this is great. What is this so again? DT nineteen ninety. And I like went to Amazon. I'm like, oh, it's five hundred dollars. But you know what? I I had to admit to myself I have spent five hundred dollars on headphones before. And they were fine. They were good, but I couldn't detect a real difference between them and like say $300 headphones that I'd heard. So it, the, the build quality of these, the extreme, extremely high, like just the the measured numbers, like you'd have to, he doesn't have the $20,000 test equipment that like interfidelity might have, but he, do, he did some listening tests. He describes his experiences and that's, that's kind of a personal thing. It's subjective of course but the kinds of things he was talking about as far as clarity uh were exactly what i look for in headphones and then i liked the fact that there were two different types of pads that come with these and if you've gotten into high end headphones or or any headphones really and you go onto like community forums and and sites like headfi you'll you'll know there's a big difference sometimes between the types of ear pads that you use and I've I've used Grado's for a long time and you can buy these, these different Grado pads that provide different sound. And that's, I'd figured this out as when I was a kid. Like you hold the headphones a certain way on your head and you have tremendous treble response. And then you like cup the headphones on your head and you can change the bass response and that sort of thing. And so changing how the ear cups are held in relation to your head with different thicknesses or different materials can make a big impact on the sound. So it comes with like these sort of all around pads, and it comes with more of critical listening pads, the analytical sound, and it changes the sound of the headphones literally. So you kind of get two in one here without having to buy any aftermarket stuff. But he goes into all this in the review. It's definitely worth checking out. Plus, I have to add, if you're interested in in reading the review on the site, you will be very impressed with his photography. Kent has upped his photo game to Chris Coke levels. I have to say.
0: We've all kind of been chasing
1: Chris. Uh, you know, Jim did his best Chris Koch impression with his last review. And, you know, I've been kind of left behind here. I take like macro shots of processors and it's kind of an afterthought at this point. This is, uh, artistic read the review just for the artistry of the photography, if nothing else. But yeah, if you've, if you were ever considering spending this much on headphones, he completely sold me on them. And, uh, I need to parlay a few Amazon gift cards together and make this happen for myself because uh, they, sound, they sound awesome, according yes. to Kent.
0: Certainly nowhere near the top of the pricing insanity of where headphones can be uh, priced. Oh. But, but yeah, at $500, it's, it's not an impulse buy, but if you're in the market for a good quality mm-hmm. uh, headphones, that, that Kent certainly uh, can give his enthusiastic uh, support to. That's, again, the Bear Dynamic DT1990 Pro. And you can find the. You just can't argue with,
1: with the German engineering there. Plus, they come in a mm-hmm. sweet case. I didn't get yes. a case with my Grado RS2s, and those were five hundred dollars. Look at look at how so. substantial that is. That's it looks real. It's like a real professional product there.
0: Yeah, and those balanced cables. It looks like.
1: Yeah, I didn't get that nice. with my Grados either.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's see. Did any of you guys? Okay, Josh finally updated uh his pick of the week i don't see anything from you guys though
3: oh no that was uh me. Oh,
1: that was
0: okay so that's jeremy he put it in the josh section all right oh uh, well i forgot about
1: was i forgot about the wrong spot. spot all
0: right well i'll start while sebastian finds something uh so my pick of the week is um over at humble bundle they've got uh because if you've unless you've been under a rock you realize there's a massive terrible fire raging throughout all of australia uh just 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 tons of, of damage and, uh, forcing people out of their homes, devastating wildlife. Uh, and so, uh, like a lot of companies, uh, it's good to see that Humble is stepping up. They've got a bundle, uh, that is giving their donation to, uh, various charities that are working in Australia right now for fire relief. So head on over and check that out for $25. You get a ton of games, uh, Hollow Knight, Euro Truck Simulator 2, um, Let's see some other games I've played here. There's a bunch I haven't played, so it's a good good thing to pick up. But um, uh, how do you pronounce that? Machinarium. I played that a couple years ago. That was a fun little, cute little game. Um, But there's a you know a bunch of games for a a decent price, and your funds go to support uh, the great charities doing work there in Australia. Uh, We are a humble partner, like so we do like affiliate links when we link to them. But this is uh, because this is such an important cause uh there's no uh affiliate commission every penny you spend here is going to these charities so so you know check that out you're not you're not putting any money in our pockets you're you're putting money uh where it should go so that's the humble australia fire relief bundle and we'll have a link uh to that in the show notes so you can just head over to the humblebundle.com, and it's one of their featured bundles right now all right so jeremy uh he got a you've got a pick for us what do you got here
3: well there were two batteries that were really hard to choose between Cause the J is neat because it's a flexible ion battery with some reasonable, you know, uh, output to it. But what really got me was the fact that some, a, a group of three different research houses have literally figured out a way to turn plants into batteries. So guess what? Yeah. Even the plants are washing you now. This is, uh, <clears throat> essentially it's a way of implementing the Laura, uh, implementation or not implementation, of the LoRa networking, which is extremely low voltage ways of, uh, as some people have described it, letting Internet of Thing devices tweet at each other, so they can just give a very quick update to uh, another device. You know, I'm still alive. This sensor is changed in this much, uh, but not a constant feed of information. And so these guys, uh, Ox at uh, Harwell, at Lacuna Space, and Plant E have actually figured out a way that if you've got any sort of wet vegetation, they can use it to produce enough electricity to run a very, very low-power Internet of Things sensor. So we're we're talking about like 0.2 milliwatts, but the fact that you can just drop a, a sensor in uh, to you know a, a rice paddy uh, somewhere in the Canadian tundra, somewhere you don't want to go, but you want to measure it all the time, and install this, and it will just run. And the 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 reason that Harwell was or uh, sorry Lacuna Space was involved in this is because what they were doing was using Laura to transmit up to a satellite and then back to the researchers to say that yes, uh, the plant is still alive. It's it's sort of interesting to think that we can now turn, you know, damp soil with living plants into what is essentially a, a tiny little fuel cell. And I mean, the ants are going to be pissed off at us. We know that. But it, it's better the grass than it is us. Because someday, you know, they'll be using us for batteries. Really, really crappy batteries. But nonetheless...
0: Yeah, I mean, this is just the matrix at a different level. Yeah. And let me pull up Sebastian's pick here. Um, All right, what have you got for us?
1: Okay, well, I would like to see Microsoft do something about this operating system. Yeah, Windows 7 may be EOL, but what are you going to do about DOS 6.22? Especially when I don't even get online with this. But no, it's not my pick of the week. Pick of the week is actually uh, somehow I had never heard this album before. My wife got this for me. My birthday was yesterday. She got me a copy of Computer World, which she probably thought she was being hilarious because it says "Computer World" on it, it has a picture of an old, uh, some sort of old nineteen seventies computer on the cover of it. But it's uh, it's Kraft. How do you pronounce this? Kraftwerk. 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 If you're not familiar. It's a 1981 electronic album. I've been getting mm-hmm. more into electronic music lately. I've been listening to the Blade Runner soundtrack a lot, which is from 82, and having never heard this before, listened through the whole record, and it's it's outstanding. There's some. You literally never heard Kraftwerk before. I had never heard it before. I, admit I am it. shocked. Yeah, and I've I've played it probably far, four or five times since last night. It's like this is great. I keep on listening to it over and over again. There is the one uh, pocket calculator track, which is a little jarring.
3: Well, yes,
1: it features actual pop- pocket calculator sounds as well. As they say, uh, I don't remember what they chant. Something about my pocket calculator. So you're
3: gonna have to like learn about Einsteins and a new button and stuff too. Yeah, but it's oh it's
1: good. It's it's very good. I did you, it. Did you get you like. the vinyl? Yeah,
0: she got it for me on vinyl. All right. So, but you can you can get it uh it's uh streaming through it's streaming through Amazon's streaming oh, okay. service. So, I imagine it's streaming yeah. through the others as well and audio CD and if you're three if you're a purchase. dinosaur
1: and buy CDs, it's only like 8 bucks. You know, the records like $25, $26, but it, it's not and really really good sounding records. This was not some garbage pressing. I was I had no idea who even what the provenance of this record was, but I dropped it into the turntable and it sounds absolutely fantastic. So I can imagine pretty much any of the versions out there probably sound
0: very good. All right, well, that's uh, Computer World uh, 1981 by Kraftwerk. Okay, uh, well, I guess that's the show for this week. Thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, We normally record on Wednesday. Well, I say normally, can we say normally if we've missed three weeks in a row? No.
1: No, you cannot yeah. say normally. I'd say like more often record. than not, Thursday, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Like 50-50, we, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah.
0: We we would like to record Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, um, and I would like to be conscious and available to access the Sendy mailing list to notify you when we go live at pcper.com slash subscribe. Uh, so hopefully that'll be going forward. I missed a few weeks there, but... Uh, going forward, you can you can check that out, and uh, you can join us at PCPro.com slash live or on our YouTube page to watch the live stream. And then, of course, uh, within a day or so after every episode, we have the on-demand version up. Uh, it's all post processed. We've got the sidebar with all the topics, timestamps in the description, links to all the the uh, picks of the week and all that good stuff. Uh, that's all available. He, he like, you
1: auto-tunes move. us to like sweeten yes. up a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, I, have to, I have to do the bare minimum to get us... Uh, yeah, you know, to an acceptable level to unleash upon the masses.
1: You wouldn't believe no the so demands tired. that I make of Jim when is I'm like I'm like John Lennon. I'm like, George, I need you to, to lower the pitch or raise the pitch, because you know he famously hated the sound of his own voice. So yeah. I always have Jim tweak things about my voice before i allow him to release the podcast.
0: So I'm happy I'm happy to give in to your demands, um, because I don't want to hear from Yoko. But yeah. um, it's
1: like w- my wife is not that demanding, Jim. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, she, she's like furiously private messaging Jim right now.
0: How dare you? Why did she have my phone number? No, just you know, Discord PMs. It's fine. Oh, okay. Don't worry about
1: it. Yeah,
0: I don't. I do want the public chat. Anybody any in suggestion. the public chat
1: can can start you know, can communicate with us. That's fine. I take that's true. I take DMs. I have open DMs on Discord. Contact yeah. me. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, and that's right. Speaking of our Discord, we do have a Discord community. Uh, there is a link in our show notes at pcpro.com slash podcast. So all the like of the last I don't know five months or whenever we started doing this, there's a in, in those show notes, there's always a link to the Discord. People have asked me to spread that further to tweet it or put it on our YouTube description. And I looked into that, and I might be misunderstanding because I don't know Discord very well, but my impression is from reading their terms of service, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to publicly, like, openly share your server links. And really? so if I'm wrong about that, correct me. Like, they, they want you to share it in your community. They don't want you to, like, blast it on Twitter or something. For Again, from my reading of the, the terms. So... So we've, we've limited it there. You can always find it at the, the show notes, though. So come on over and join us there. We've got a couple channels going. Uh, occasionally, we have giveaways. When we get extra keys for Steam games and stuff, I, I randomly give stuff away at, like, 2 a.m. Um, so yeah, make sure you get in there. Because the same, the same couple guys always grab them because they're just up with me at those hours. So <laughs> get in there. and, and, you,
1: and could be, you could be one of those people. You You could could be be one of those people. And you know what? And I'm sorry, Waffles, in our chat right now that we're not giving love to IRC. But, you know, I love old stuff, obviously, but I just find IRC to be inconvenient in my current lifestyle. I'm sorry, because I can install Discord. It's cross-platform. I know there's IRC clients for everything. There's just something about it's a simple, self-contained app. I can access it on the web. I can access it on my phone and you can upload stuff easily to it and it's very polished and it's fine oh and helms helms is here that's all you need according to helms
0: that is true that is true um all right well again that's the show for this week thanks for joining us uh everyone have a great week we will hopefully be back on a more regular schedule going forward uh and until we see you then uh, take care everyone